On this episode of Dweeb Dive, we take a look at Amazon Prime's The Boys, starting with Season 1, Episode 1. Fun new direction we're going in, so go ahead and batten down those hatches and... Dive, dive! Bravo 6, going dark. What is going on, everyone? Happy 2021 to you all. It's Austin, joined by Connor, my co-host. As always, Connor, how's 2021 treating you so far? It's going. It's it's happening. It's the it's a year that is coming after 2020. That's about all I can say about the year so far. Uh, personally, it's going fine. Started a new semester. Looking to uh, you know not completely fall off the map when it comes to my schoolwork, that kind of stuff. How about you? I hear you. In the same boat, um, I had a great start to 2021. Uh, had a, what, 11-day vacation in Florida. Saw my sister-in-law get engaged. Hung out with my wife at a condo and then visit her grandparents and gained so much weight off of grandma's home cooking. I was telling Connor before we jumped on live that I would eat big lunches and I'd tell myself, you know what, I'd probably, I'd probably be fine not eating for the rest of the day. And then like four or five hours later, dinner would roll around and I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and just eat more. So it was, it was a great time. But uh, yeah, I'm already cutting way back and working out again to catch back up to uh, a healthier me to start 2021 but uh yeah it's been it's been a good start to the year so that's so sad was, that our pre-podcast like catch-up conversation we were both just like yeah i'm uncomfortably like <laughs> my body feels bad <laughs> just overall and i don't like myself anymore sweet <laughs> yeah hey uh new year new us right that's right austin that's right perfect and on top of all that we're going in a new direction with content wise well not necessarily content wise but a new show we started and one that we both love one that many people may have already seen but the boys on amazon prime boys wow i first off i would like to say a big shout out and thank you to our good friend scott and avid listener uh, Scott Egoff told us, hey, you guys should check this show out and, and do the breakdown because I think you would really like it. And he was 110% correct because watching that first episode, and I even got uh, maybe a quarter of the way through the second one yeah. while I was waiting for Connor to finish up. And I was like, man, I don't know how I'm going to make myself stop watching this because it is it is that good in my opinion. It exceeded expectations for me. And uh and just so people know, we're watching it for the first time. Austin said we love it there. Um, we love the first episode, and I think it's going to continue to be that way. But just so we're all clear, this is our first watch through. So we are brand new to this. If you're brand new to it or if you're just watching this to see us along on our journey, thank you for joining us. Uh, you know, usually Austin does the two-minute breakdown. Uh, to kind mm -hmm. of sum up the events of the episode of whatever series we're covering. But because this is so new, I think we're going to backtrack a little bit and kind of just throw stuff at the wall and kind of go along the the timeline of the episode, right? Yeah, I yes. And it's a great point that, yeah, this is the very first time that we've ever seen this. 
outside of some commercials that I may have seen or Connor may have seen before. So it is brand spanking new to us. And yeah, no fastest two minutes. It's It'd be too difficult. But yeah, I'm really excited to just kind of talk about the premise of what this show is and just the episode a little bit, who we who we've learned about as our as some of our characters and and just all that um, that encompasses that. So the I think the first thing really what will set the stage is the concept of this show is essentially what privatizing, monetizing superheroes and they're yeah. not, you know, full of integrity and hope and dreams and you know angels from heaven they they're like normal people as we find out later and i mean i think that's just kind of like a known premise of what this show is and i just think it's such an interesting and i'm surprised that it took as long well i guess i don't know when season one came out so but the fact that it finally this kind of concept was brought to light is extremely interesting and one that i think is factual to if there were superheroes we would probably see some of this happening so that's kind of my initial take on that and the concept uh connor what about you what did you think yeah i think to even bring the bring the concept statement to an even higher level it's just what if superheroes were real what would actually happen um and i think this show was created to kind of solve for x I mean, it's so easy to imagine how the show came around. Some people were, you know, hanging out somewhere in somebody's basement, and they were like, wow, like, what would it actually be like if superheroes were, for all intents and purposes, they had human hearts and minds. They were flawed human beings, but they just happened to be superheroes. And it didn't take long into that conversation before they made the obvious parallel between the ultra-rich, famous, and super-influential uh, people that we have in real life. Um, and that is such a great launching point uh, for a premise of a show. So as someone who works in marketing, uh, who who has done personality and like talent uh, management, or has, has worked in the marketing side of that, this was eerie uh, for me. It was very eerie. Uh, just the way that agent, uh, and I'm getting kind of getting ahead of myself here, but this, just the way the people involved were talking to the superheroes and the way that their life was presented, I was like, ugh, it's, it's harrowing how real this feels. I mean, we're watching these crazy costume people on screen, but the, the, the reality factor was certainly well thought out, and it was very, very present for me. That's what ultimately hooked me. Now, the show has introduced some other interesting, like, in-universe things that are, uh, I think, will lead to a great story that involves, you know, these superpowers and the, the power dynamics. But just from a base level, dude, I was very impressed with how they've set up, like, uh, the Vought. Is it Vought? Yeah, V-A-U-G-H-T, I believe. Yeah, I thought it was Vaunt, but it's just, the way they set up the Vought Corporation, I was like, hell yeah, that plays. I mean, that... They thought about it, they solved for X, and that is exactly the output uh, that it would be. So I was all in, like, in a matter of seconds. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I think that's just so interesting because, yeah, I didn't really think about the PR part and the market and how heavy of the marketing it is and, and how, obviously, you are – that is you. That is literally you and what you do. So 
Um, the stamp of approval from Connor, as far as the marketing aspect that goes into marketing superheroes around the world. Um, but I just loved, I, I, it's hard to just kind of target one thing. I am, I mean, just the initial episode, obviously, uh, introducing some of the characters, um, was really, I'm almost at a loss for words. Cause it's like, where do we even start <laughs> with this? Um, we, but just the concept that it, that gets brought in, okay? So the superheroes and and they're a corporation. They are privatized or whatever the monetary making power is, and we get that introduction. I think pretty quickly, and I just thought to myself, this is such a good idea uh, for a show premise because there are so many action superhero and like we're so familiar with the Avengers and they kind of like privatize themselves a little bit and they have all this like really cool and fancy stuff. But like, I just love the reality check of this show. And it's like, you know what? These superheroes would probably be normal people too. And they're not all Captain America, right? They're, you know, they probably abuse some of their powers. And I'm excited to see a little bit of where it goes in the future, but just kind of like this and the entire premise of this show, what it's going to be founded on, I was fascinated by. And I was like, again, I just thought it was such a good idea because sure. I think it just brings the the real spotlight to people that have power over others and are, I mean, idolized essentially. So that's exactly love, it. love, love. That's it. exactly what you just said. Um, in terms of, you know, every, I shouldn't say every great show, but many great shows they have, you know, their creative premises, but typically they always have something to say, either about the human animal, the human spirit, or, you know, it's commentary on something that uh, is prevalent in our society. This is obviously a connection to, in my mind, correct me if I'm wrong here, in my mind it's a connection to the, the Hollywood elite and um, really that entire cast system of power and you know how they kind of haze people at the lower level as we saw in the episode and like this show is it's counterculture in the sense that we have been oversaturated with superhero based media for about a decade now and this comes in at a perfect time to kind of be counterculture to that it also happens to align with um this it's a season of kind of upheaval in sort of the Hollywood system where people are kind of, they're calling out and outing, you know, monstrous people. Uh, you know, Harvey Weinstein obviously was kind of the first uh, in that series and it kind of, you know, went from there. It kind of gained inertia from there. So, um, you know, maybe we should just touch on that first. It was kind of one of the first things that was introduced in this episode. This character, Starlight, she... She is the Marvel hopeful. I mean, she understands mm -hmm. it as it was marketed to her. Um, she's this small town girl from Iowa. She has she's super uh, abled, which I thought was like that's exactly it. Like marketing people would come up with that term, super abled. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Like the lingo and the jargon. Like that's all the details were there. Anyway, she she is she believes completely the perception that they're they're putting out there into the world so when she goes there just like any kid that's like swept up into the hollywood machine you know to be whether it's like a justin bieber plug from youtube and you know now justin bieber's coming out with all this stuff about his life and how you know difficult it was and 
how predatory Hollywood was towards him when he was a kid. I mean, it's it's uh, it's upsetting, <laughs> super <laughs> upsetting. But in terms of being an apt way to portray it, um, I mean, they did almost too good of a job. I was <sighs> like. It was pretty. It was pretty effective. I'll say. I, I was. I was definitely sweating and just being like, "Holy crap!" Like, I it just kind of clicked in that moment uh, when they have when the deep, they have that scene mm-hmm. in the boardroom, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah. of course, of course, of course, these dudes would like be like that. Mm-hmm. When you're a demigod, and that so yeah yeah. No, I, dude, I 110% agree with everything you just said. And I think it's the perfect comparison. And that's actually what I um, explained to my wife when I was watching. And because I started started the show up and she came downstairs. She said, hey, what are you watching? And I was like, you know, talking about the show. And I didn't do a great job of explaining it at first. And I literally told her, imagine if Hollywood's elite had superpowers, and how in the limelight they're perfect, but we all know behind it they're assholes. And that's what this show's about. You know, granted, obviously, that that's that's a very gray blanket statement. But, I mean, that's the premise, right? So, and to your point, I mean, immediately we, yeah, we find out how not great they are. Um, just kind of solidifies that aspect of, of where we are as far as that show. And, and, I mean, I think it's just so easy to draw the comparisons to Hollywood. Um, so just episode one as a quick breakdown, one to practice for her fastest two minutes down the road and two, just so we kind of, we can lay it down and then we can talk about it. So we get introduced to our characters. Starlight, as Connor mentioned, is the up and coming superhero. That's very naive. Then we get uh, introduced to our guy, Jack Quaid, the Huey. nerdy, yeah, Huey, um, that just, is a big nerd and then we also i think is going to be our favorite billy butcher carl urban as the heavily accented welshman or whatever i think he's a kiwi that, uh, pretty sure he's from a, new zealand you know, <laughs> a kiwi whatever <laughs> one enough. of those it's only on accents, the other side of the world but <laughs> um that's got a vendetta and i mean that's that's kind of our premise right something happens and to uh, Huey's girlfriend and we see again the same thing the cover up that how easy it was for people in power to make things go away the non-disclosure agreement to not talk about it and silence basically um, taking a plea deal uh, and that again just continues the narrative of the people in power being able to get away with things and there and them being like really normal people but obviously we also got our first intrigue of the a train right that's the guy that ran literally through his girlfriend Mm -hmm. and i was really just like as a side note the how graphic that was and how graphic this show will most likely be is yeah it's like it's not exciting because that's not something to be excited about but i just think it plays really well into the realism. Right? That's what I was going to say. It's a commitment to being grounded in the premise. Like, if they if they tried to sell this premise on everything else we've discussed, but then when this tragedy happens, it's more of like the Marvel style, like she just got like shunted into a wall and then she died. 
No, it, it would not have been nearly as effective. But yeah, I, I agree. It's not exciting at all. It's it was so gruesome that I could not, I could not bring myself to smile or like feel joy during any of the later on funny parts. Even though in my mind I was like, oh, that was well written. That was pretty funny. Because I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I just watched this human being get torn asunder by an invulnerable 185-pound human-shaped object. Like, that's... Yes, humans are not just, like, blood sacks. That was perhaps the most unrealistic part. But, like, if that happened in real life, yeah, they'd be, like, disintegrated. It would be horrible. And we do know that that does happen because the there's been incidents of skydiving accidents of where people collide at high speeds. Oh, yeah, sure. And they just essentially do that they turn into pink dust so i think that's just like a a good and i think it's just really to hammer home the point of for our guy huey it's like that's what we need to it had to be such a graphic scene that we understand the motive of what i assume is to come as he continues to develop um and i mean just gosh yeah, that that part was that part was wild. Um, and again, that's where our first kind of introduction of to maybe a plot line goes, and I'm we'll, we'll talk about it here in a sec. But he's got something; he's going somewhere, saying he can't stop. So they bring that up in the show too. But it's something I think that'll be an interesting talking point. Um, and then, I mean, really that that we get the development of how uh, Billy Butcher wants to, I guess, take take down the superheroes. Um, and we have a fight, we have the Mount Rushmore, um, of superhero guy. What's his name again? Homeland. Homelander. Uh, Homelander. Yep. He does something naughty, shooting down a plane after hearing some blackmail. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let, 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 let's, let's, let's hit a timeout right there. So just okay. to quickly talk about the cast of heroes and sort of how superpowers work in this universe. So... People are born, it's kind of similar to the mutants from the X-Men series. People are born either super-enabled or not. Uh, if you are super-enabled, uh, it's a there's an all-around protective and kind of durability that you have and an overall strength. Um, but there's also specialized powers. And, for instance, it appears that Homelander has emphasized strength, the ability to fly. He's Superman. Um, yeah. Whereas Starlight, her main power seems to focus on light and blinding and brilliance, but she's also just standardly durable, uh, like you'd expect most superheroes to be. So there's that mm-hmm. going on. Um, Holander is obviously an analog to Superman. Uh, A-Train is an analog to The Flash. Yeah. Um, who else do we have? We don't really know what... Uh, there's kind of a Wonder Woman analog, Queen Maeve. But uh, yeah. we have yet to kind of see a, a lot from her, at least in the first episode. Uh, there's the Invisible Man, which... Tra- translucent. <laughs> again, it's like the show kind of writes itself. They were like, okay, if the guy was actually translucent, he would have to be naked. Without yeah. some crazy space-age magical material that could also go invisible, which if that existed, like everybody would have that superpower potentially. So it makes sense. Um, and that's it, right? Uh, the Deep, who's Aquaman. Oh, who's Aquaman, exactly. So, th- we have all these analogs, and... And then we've got, like, that weird ninja guy. 
Noir, Noir, Bla- Black Noir, something like that. That's that. That's him. That's right. Uh, who looks like that could be? I don't know. That could I, that could range from Black Panther to like more of like, uh, yeah, like more of like a ninja Hawkeye feeling. I'm not really yeah. sure, but um, all of them have been presented as like something else is going on. Obviously, the Deep is a dickhead and is yes. a, a sexual assaulter and horrible guy. Um, uh-huh. But like as you just said, Homelander, even to Billy Butcher, who is the most cynical and the most you know he's targeting them, even he thinks Homelander is um, is kind of pure, like he's kind of untouchable. He doesn't drink, he doesn't do anything. Uh, but clearly, there's some dramatic irony there because as the audience, we saw him gun down a plane with kids and you know innocent people on board. So. Mm-hmm. I feel like his ownership of the nefarious stuff that they're doing with with whatever substance they were talking about, substance V and, you know, whatever A-Train was doing, I feel like he has some ownership in the brain trust of that operation. I feel like yeah. he's much more than just, like, strong and powerful. I think he's he's got machinizations going on. But otherwise, like, Queen Maeve, she seems jaded. So far, we haven't seen anything to suggest that she is as corrupt and, you know, as as off-base as the Deep is. A-Train, yeah. A-Train seems uh, aloof and distant to the tragedy he caused, but again, uh, he's somewhere between the Deep and Queen Maeve, I would say. He hasn't displayed anything that's, like, patently, like, the worst thing ever besides, like, lack of remorse. Um, well, I think he's also just, like, a dope like we saw that the cringe um, part of one of the cringe part of the episodes where he's visiting that uh, person with cancer in the hospital and he's just failing after failing after failing with this kid. And then the two reps are like, yeah, this is why he can't without a script. He's doomed. Wait, it was just are you sure that was an episode two or something? Because I don't remember that. Oh, man, maybe it was. You son of a. I'm sorry. Um, so. Oops. We're positioned to pretty much hate, and if I'm interpreting what the writers are going for, we're kind of been positioned to pretty much hate or dislike everybody besides, well, A, Black Noir, just no no information yet, and Queen Maeve seems to be in a gray area so far. Everybody else, bad. Right. So, And I think that's just going to be the premise of superheroes being all of them are going to have something bad. I mean... There's that club or whatever where apparently they can all go where no, there's not, they're not going to be in the spotlight. And that place was just like, (laughs) just weird, right? Where Billy Butcher takes Huey to the, that club thing and is basically like, hey, here's A-Train laughing at your girl to get him motivated to help him, right? So right. I think just all the superheroes are just going to be like bad. Maybe except for Starlight, who I think they tease something right with Huey and and her. Maybe they. Maybe know, I I I think it's have, definitely I, I, a possibility, but I also think maybe they're just setting up a conspiracy, you know, between yeah. Starlight and uh, whoever the boys end up being. Um, really quickly though, just because you talked about Billy Butcher. I think he's someone to watch out for as well. I mean, I'm sure his intentions are probably rooted in like sort of a tragic backstory, much like Huey's. But I want to know, why was he able to get into that club? Like, 
how is he able to pressure the doorman into letting him in when he's yeah apparently like on a manhunt against uh, at, at least a particular amount of uh, of the supers. So like, what's going on with him? And he is very skilled in manipulation. Um, mm-hmm. Not that not that the way he manipulated Huey was like that nefarious in my opinion, but he still was good at it. He was really good at recruiting, yeah. uh, which is a skill you often see in like gang enforcers and people who recruit for real life gangs. So I'm wondering what's going on with, with, with his backstory, which I'm sure we'll get in this season at least a little bit. But those yeah, are my initial thoughts. I agree. Yeah, and there obviously has to be something really big that happens to him to want him to be so motivated to find out more information about what's going on with the superheroes and knowing that there's just tons of these different accidents that happen that are covered up. Um and I and that is definitely something I'm excited for. And I think you're right. It's got to be a tragic story because no one would just be like, well, I'm going to take down the superheroes because I don't like them. So there's certainly going to be some sort of emotional, initial emotional draw towards that line of work. But I mean, who knows? Honestly, it, it's, it could be too early to tell. Maybe he just does it for other people. I, I, who knows? Like, I have no idea, but... Yeah, exactly. Um, he seems like the perfect, not to get too far ahead, but he seems like the perfect candidate to eventually, and I'm talking like seasons down the road, to eventually become, uh, you know, to, to have a blind eye to like, you know, his own growing power and the fact that he might now be putting innocence in tricky situations because of his, you know, his campaign against the Supers. That seems like a yeah. a likely plot point for him down the road, but... And then, of course, there's the Substance V, which right now is just kind of a smoking gun. I mean, we really didn't learn anything about it besides it's probably true and it probably exists. It, it definitely does. <laughs> yeah, right. Let me upgrade that. But, it definitely does. But, like, I don't know. Like, what what are your thoughts on what that might be? It has to be some sort of scandal of some kind or uh, an event that happened or or something the way that it was framed in the blackmail by the baltimore person mayor mayor of baltimore was i mean the way he looked at the portrait of the seven was like you know you don't want their reputation ruined it's got to be something that would just tear them straight down right it would be a a massive loss for vaught and the superhero corporation so I don't know if it's initially when I heard it, I was like, maybe it's like some sort of weakness that like almost like a kryptonite, right? That's the initial thought. But the more I think about it and the more it was framed, it has to be something that the supers all do or partake in or something like that, that would make the public who endear and adore and love these people to instantly flip and hate them. That's what I think. So that's the only thing that I can think of. I totally agree, and I'll go. I'll go a couple steps further. I'm pretty sure that there is yes, there is naturally occurring supers, uh, Starlight being one of them. Mm-hmm. I think there might be another class uh, instead of it just being super or not super. I think there might be a super sensitive. Um, sort of birthright that you can maybe come into this world with. 
And I think substance V might be a way to bring out super traits in people, or maybe it's just bring out super traits in anybody, um, which by itself wouldn't be really enough to hate them. So I'm thinking that if that's the case, then it's made <laughs> in such a way from like really, really, really bad origins. We're talking like, I don't know, like like children's hearts or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, and, and the reason I say that is because if that's true, then all of these people might have just been normal but really marketable people. So, like, if you're from that perspective, giving them superpowers kind of just shortens the process of finding and recruiting talent. If you can solve one part right. of the equation and synthesize the other, then you create these, you know, psychopaths that are super marketable, but they're awful people. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking that yeah. maybe it also boosts their power and it has to be maintained um, or else maybe they lose it or they even potentially die uh, without it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's why they feel so justified in being dickish because, you know, they need to get their way in order to like continue being who they are. Right. Is it uh, too much of a stretch to think that this compound is made from fellow superheroes? Would that be enough to turn the public against them? Because I was just thinking, like, Starlight comes in for the retired lantern holder, whatever his name was. We don't ever actually see that person. Lamplighter? We just saw that photo. Yeah. Yeah. Which, wouldn't you in a like a press kind of release or like how they introduced starlight to the shareholders wouldn't you kind of have that person there to be kind of pass the figurative torch from old to new you have your old hero that's on the seven that's loved and adored passing to the new but instead it's just the deep and he kind of he's like well he retired unfortunately and it's kind of like it's like oh okay maybe he did retire but now that i think about i'm like would that be enough if the superheroes, for whatever, and there had to be, there would have to be some sort of reasoning behind doing that, um, essentially cannibalizing themselves. But then I feel like it would be really hard to work together knowing that. But maybe there's a circumstance. I don't know. But I was just wondering that because, like, how do you manufacture superpower, superhero, superpower? substance and if it's something that you can give to someone then it's certainly something that would be within super so if you take it from them that's why i'm saying there might be two types of supers there might be naturals and then unnaturals um right and yeah maybe lamplighter was a total natural and then that's a that's a good theory i'm also thinking like i don't i don't know why i'm going back to children but i think maybe because we learned that starlight was it's it I don't know. It's like when your baby's born and they're like, oh, like they're going to have your eyes or something. It's like, oh, they're going to be super abled. Right. Maybe. And there's like super pageants. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, the detail that her mom was a pageant mom was. Actually, I have a list of <laughs> details I really like that maybe I'll, I'll go over towards the end of, the, of this episode. But um, maybe there's some sort of like pipeline of like they kind of like use these kids that are like super abled. And before they can even like come out into the world, they just like harvest them or something for this compound. I don't know. I'm trying to like extrapolate that, based on how crappy these people are, but it's <laughs> sky's the limit, yo, I guess. Yeah. And it also, obviously it has to be something that's so damaging that would instantly flip public opinion about right. the most endeared people in the world. 
And I mean, anything that involves kids, obviously, at least in our minds, right? In the, rea- in the real world, anything that involves kids will instantly turn people against you, right? So I think that's a, that, yeah. that's a good theory. Um, because yeah, I was thinking like, well, if they cannibalize their, the, like the one guy, like, I feel like that wouldn't flip public opinion like that. It might even be like, oh, that kind of makes sense. But like kids and kidnapping and taking them and, you know, doing whatever could certainly be something that people would find absolutely disgusting coming from these types of people. Cause you're supposed to protect them. Right. Or up or bring them up. They are the future. So I like that. I think I think for our first episode and, and projecting what this compound V or substance V or whatever it's called could certainly be something like that. Cause obviously we, we know it's gotta be damaging. I think that's the most damaging thing there is, at least one that we've brought to the table. So yeah, I think I I agree with you. I, I I'll uh I'll uh, I'll join you on in, this in hill? that boat. Thanks, man. Yeah, on the hill. Thanks, bro. Mm-hmm. We die together on it. Um, I'm interested um, to know how you feel ahead. about. We've kind of talked about how we like Billy Butcher, but just give me your thoughts on you know Huey, Starlight, Billy, anybody. I mean, who stuck out to you? Who do you like? Um, with the exception of Billy Butcher, um, I mean, it, it's tough to say because we just met everyone. I mean. What I will say is I like the, what's the good word? The mesh of at least the potential partnership of Huey and Billy. I like that mesh combo. And I mean, it's a little cliche of, you know, badass, you know, Punisher style guy. And then the geeky tech dude. But like, I think Huey's going to have a bad streak in him because he obviously, he like collapses in that gas station. He's like hyperventilating when he meets a train and then like snaps two and just like is completely fine. So I, I'm kind of curious about that. Um, you know, that mesh. And then I think starlight will be interesting just to see how she is developed and how she handles everything. Cause yeah, you know, we talked about it at the top of the episode, she's the cookie cutter superhero model that we know of, but she's going into an immensely toxic environment that she dreamed of. So that is completely new to us as an audience as to what a superhero might have to deal with because we we think superhero, we think they have zero problems. They live the life, you know, outside of saving the world. That's their only problem. They don't have any personal problems really. Um, with the ex- I mean, if you think of the Avengers, they kind of do but not to this level of toxicity that we know exists in today's world and something that could easily happen in everyday life so um interested to see i just it's hard to play a favorite outside of billy butcher being like the guy um so i mean one i just love accents like that i think they're fantastic for whatever reason yeah except you thought it was welsh i I don't know (laughs) I mean, it is like super thick, deep. I don't know. Maybe I haven't heard enough I'll, New Zealander. So, but um, uh, I I think everybody's off to a good start. Uh, I'm I'm yeah, invested. There's no one where I'm like, oh, they're gonna suck. Uh, nothing like that so far. But I will say, if I can get into some of these details, um, yeah, go ahead. 
Huey's, uh, and it's really more the way he's he was written. Uh, the performance from uh, Jack Quaid was great, but the way he was written, I mean, I hate, I absolutely hate when nerdy characters and geeky characters are written to be like, I don't know. There, there's a certain type of like Poindexter trope that's so easy to fall into uh, from a writing perspective. And they almost did. Um, when he was talking to that customer about the setup for uh, their, their home audio system, I was like, eh, okay, you're good, eh, whatever. But his social anxiety was perfect. That was portrayed perfectly. I mean, they whatever writer did that either knew somebody or had experienced that themselves because that was spot on. Um, the depiction of like uh, the ideation of rage without it actually happening when he was talking to that lawyer, that oh, yeah. was perfectly executed. I, could, I couldn't believe how good that came off. And then uh, the, the PTS in the, uh, the convenience store in the bodega, that was perfect oh, yeah. too. Um, the sound design, the camera movements, um, everything, everything about the acting, that was all perfectly done. So I, I'm very endeared to his character, uh, at, at least from the writing standpoint, and you know, all the all the research and work they they did to you know make sure they accurately portray uh, those those mental states, those positions you might find yourself in. So I, honestly, that yeah. was one of the bigger selling points for me. I was like, wow. This is a character where I can't wait to see him grow. And we already saw a little bit of that in the end of the episode. Um, but I, I can't wait to see where this guy ends up. You know, if he becomes Billy 2.0, that's another thing. But Ooh. yeah, so I, I, I've, I've bit down hard on episode one. I'm, I don't know what else I can say, really, besides just keep giving it compliments. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. It's again just the concept and and how it's been laid down and i'm just so excited to see where it goes you know obviously we've got some some plot lines that we can follow here and um obviously huey is uh is followed and you know we know that his espionage attempt was not great because the pervert translucent is like, he's just in the bathroom all the time. What the hell? That's so, gosh. I I mean, I guess when you can do that, it is what it is. But like, (laughs) why is he always in the bathroom? It's so weird. Part of me, so he is a pervert, but part of me thinks that he is like a gossip queen. Like, I think that is at least 30% of his equation is he likes to know stuff. Um, Right. You know, I'm so glad you brought that up, though. Uh, I and I don't know what's happened in episode two that you've watched so far. So correct me if you've already this question's already been answered for you. But I'm mm. fairly certain that the whole plant the bug mission that Billy gave to Huey was completely fabricated, and it was really just a ploy to lure. Uh, to lure out the invisible man and to crush him like because think about how think about how weird that was when he was like okay you're going back to work i'm dropping you off and then he comes in with (laughs) the car not two minutes later right yeah i that's what i thought too um and i mean it's not from what i watched 
just probably like 15 or so minutes of episode two. I don't know if this was 100% planned, but I do agree with you. I think it was a ploy of some kind maybe to draw one of them out and then do something with them. Um, but I... <laughs> It, I I don't know yet. I haven't. I didn't watch enough to to know if there is any kind of plan of some kind or or what. So right. But yeah, I, I think it's a good point that maybe Billy Butcher just knows a lot about these superheroes and their tendencies. Would be my guess then. Um, and able to plan this little mission out. I mean, for Huey, if it was like this double level sort of ploy that means he knew the tendency of the invisible guy to hang out in the bathroom and he knew that you know he would be interested in the bug in the plant i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised if that bug was completely fake uh yeah which there's got to be some history there that's i don't know i find it hard to believe that billy is just a victim you know like huey is What's the right. chance that he Billy has, has like have... a power of his own? That's not, you know, that's God. just different. So he does he's not really a super, but he's got something going on. I don't think so. I think yeah. someone that would have power would have been controlled more like they would never in my mind, this corporation would never let someone like Billy Butcher out. With a vendetta with powers because then he could do damage. Well, what if he was like an orphan so the hospital never discovered? You know what I mean? Like, what if he was born in such a way where he was not really entered into a birth record? He was never tested. Thanks for to listening to this episode of Dweeb Dive. Super if you liked abilities. What you heard, please, so he's able to walk please, this earth kind of like under and the radar. Give us a follow so we can feel continue like we would, that, diving we into your favorite topics. There's been a lot of hot takes. There's been a lot of claims, a lot well, of references to the deep lore. I don't know. If you have a question, comment, feedback, you're angry with me for something perhaps inaccurate I said, which is very likely, please do not hesitate to reach out on our account. I totally That would be a big disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. So I just think he, but I think you're right. He must have some sort of inside track or maybe he worked there or he was a part of something or gosh, I, I don't know, but I, I want to stay away from him having superpowers. Cause yeah, I, I agree. I think that would be boring and dumb if it turns out that he did and he, it's like they're doing all this stuff to like for what he would have know he would have powers or something right so i'm gonna stay away from that but i'm with you with the history and maybe it's less of like an emotional traumatic experience and more of just the of knowing and understanding of who these people are and right you know maybe there's or maybe that's tied into something that happened before or you know, there's something there. There's got to be some sort of motivation or multiple factors of motivation to, excuse me, to do this. So, but yeah, I just, I don't know yet. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's tough. I think there is, a, I did learn a little snippet about Billy in the second episode that maybe helps perpetuate that theory, but not a lot. I mean, it not really like a ton. It was very small detail that was, revealed but it still did not answer any questions so okay again well, God, I'm, it sounds like i'm, I'm gonna have to catch same, up man i'm still in the same spot 
Yeah, I'm like 15 minutes into the next one. You so son of it's... a... <laughs> I couldn't help it. I was like, well, Connor's still watching. <laughs> I might as well keep going because this is really fucking good. Um, yeah, I mean, but... I think we've kind of arrived at the point where we're just like, let's get on with it, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it just as I'm excited to continue to learn and know and understand and enjoy what this show brings and, and what's going to be brought to light. And I have a feeling it's going to be some sort of bombshell type of stuff. And I'm just really thrilled about this uh, about this new show. And yeah, I mean, I think I'm with you. I felt I felt like I was a little disorganized in my in my thinking and, and talking about it because it was just like, I don't know how to describe it other than it was just really good and I really enjoyed it, but I need to find ways to explain that further than just get on a podcast and say, oh, hey, it was really good. I'm excited to talk about it. Wow. Thanks like, for your detailed some... insight. <laughs> yeah. It was worth tuning in for 45 minutes. Wow. Right? I will continue exactly. to be a patron and supporter of the Dweeb Dive podcast. I'm an idiot. <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, you know, we're, we're in the honeymoon phase, obviously. Um, hopefully, next episode, we'll have even more to chew on. And, you know, maybe this is the type of show where we can cover two to three episodes at once. Um, and if there's a big, you know, red wedding sort of episode, then, you know, we'll oh. take our time and we'll really chew on it. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, I think I need to, like, update my knowledge of DC and Marvel uh, superheroes and the tropes that come with that because I feel like well, that's not going to be necessary to like enjoy the show by any means, but it, just to kind of peel back behind the curtain of you know what the creators of the show were thinking when they made the choices that they made, that might be really helpful. So I might have to recruit some right. of my, uh, my superhero nerd friends. There you go. That's, that's a good idea. Um, so I guess before we, before we jump off, uh, what we're left with. So we have Starlight's plotline, right? Of her adversity with the deep and figuring yeah, just wrestling where she, with... where she fits with the seven. Yeah. Um, then we've got Huey and Billy taking on translucent and, you know, that whole plot line and along with their own separate individual stories right so we know huey's a little bit but we don't really know billy butchers that much um so those are two things and then the potential crossover of huey's interaction with starlight that he doesn't know is starlight in the park yeah and what that could bring so we've got what three We've got three plot lines, essentially. We've got Starlight, we've got Huey and Billy, and then we've got the crossover of Huey and Starlight. Is that fair to say? Fair to say. Oh, and okay. and, and uh, the the origins and the, the whatever machinations are going on between um, the director of Vought and Homelander. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's right. Four. Mm, okay, four. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's good all right welcome back to the counting podcast uh last <laughs> week we got up to three <laughs> this week we got up to four we're gonna try to go for five next week see what happens uh yeah thanks, thanks for tuning, for tuning in, in we guys. appreciate all the love and support and great messages that we've received <laughs> um 
Any other final thoughts? I think it's good to peel back. I, I, I'd be interested to hear what you find about the originations of this show and why the creators decided to go in this route. I mean, I think my initial thought is just to peel away the, you know, stars in our eyes and the high thoughts of superheroes we're all familiar with and just basically be like, well, this is what they would be like if they were normal without having their names. That's my initial thought of of wanting, you know, of what you might find. But I'm curious to see if there's, if it goes more in depth than what my simple brain allows me to think. So, I love that you're so honest about your simple brain. That's that's a level of self, you know, kn- knowing thine self that I, I hope to achieve one day, Austin. <laughs> well, hopefully, well, we got to keep balance, right? We can't have two simple brainers on here. We have to have one simple brain and one detailed brain, and together they create big brain. The, the biggest of brains. Big <laughs> Encephalitis. Brain yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welcome back to our new oh, podcast, no. Encephalitis Brothers. Uh, all right. I think we should probably uh, put the nail in this coffin. Austin, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We're really excited, as you can tell, to continue through The Boys on Amazon Prime. So, again, thank you for your support. Thanks for listening. Again, a big thanks to Scott for recommending this. And we will see you all next time. Bye-bye.